We're going to talk about the concept of supervision necessary for a mikveh, and our learning is sponsored by Reb Yaakov Rosenblatt. May he and his family have much bracha v'hatzlacha. We thank our sponsors. Okay, so the building of a mikveh is a very complex matter, and it needs to be built by experts who are particularly trained in, in, in mikvos. Even though a person could be a big rav, they have to have expertise, particularly in mikvos. They have to understand building and all that. Even if you have an expert builder, the uh, general custom is to have also a rav supervising, again, a rav who has true understanding of the building of mikvos and its complex um, permutations as they, uh, as they present in each case. Now, the, besides the fact that to build a mikveh is very complex, even the maintenance of it, this constant supervision uh, and the regular day-to-day maintenance of the mikveh is also a complex matter and it needs to also have very strict guidelines followed by an expert rav who can oversee that there aren't going to be any problems down the road. So we'll, we'll start off with a, a general question. If somebody was visiting from an out-of-town place and they don't know anything about the mikvah, maybe it's a small, small place, a bungalow colony or somewhere, they, just not, they don't know much, but they hear that the, this is the, there's a mikvah here, it could be used. The question is, can they assume that everything is fine? Do they need to make inquiries or everything is good? So before even answering that, there are different types of mikvos on how the modern mikvos are generally built. Most of them are built on the system that there was some collected amount of rainwater, a 40 saw, and that 40, and, and how much is the 40 saw? There's differing opinions, but the, you know, according to Reb Chaim Na, he holds 353 liters of water, the Chazanish holds that it's um, 648 liters of water. Reb Chaim Na himself brings in his own book of Shir Mikvah, page 148, the view of the Chassam server that holds his 816.3 liters of water. And this has to be like just regular rainwater that came and was collected and didn't go into any vessels. And Reb Chaim Na, although he has a more lenient opinion, 353 liters, he says, due to the severity of the matter in Isakaris, we should always follow the stringent view. And they, and, and practically nowadays, they generally try to keep it at a um, thousand liters because that's an easier way of measuring the mikvah when they need to. But generally, we want to go way above the minimal amount, to, and that, that will be very helpful when sometimes it could play out in certain scenarios. Um, so now, going back to the idea, the mikvah is built generally with rainwater, although there are possibilities to build a mikvah based on, a, on top of like a, a wellspring or so, but it's not so common. In any case, assumingly, the, we'll assume the mikvah was built kosher, it had proper supervision, yes? However, as we said, things can happen over time. So again, if I don't know anything about the mikvah, I should do a bit of an inquiry to find out who, who, who gives a heksher for it, when was it, etc. To find out, like, you know, just like if you go to some restaurant, it says kosher on it, you want to make sure, like, what does it mean, you know, just what that means, um, who, who's supervising it. We, we, we do have a rule, it's mentioned in the Ramah, um, in Sif Dalid, of, of Yardea Simon Rish Aleph Sif Dalid, that basically says that most people that are involved in mikvos 
have roiv mitsuyin eitzel mikvah oisin kedei lachshir bekiin hin bevaday behechshir mila oisin, which means that most people are involved in mikvos are experts and they basically do the things right. They know what they're doing. The question is. Can I take that principle and just apply it, thus not needing to do any uh, research when I know nothing about the mikvah and its kashras? So besides the fact that there are different types of mikvos that some communities will say is good, for example, uh, some mikvos are built with uh, that the side, uh, on the side of the mikvah that people immerse in, on the side of it is where the regular, um, you know, rainwater is, and there's like a, a hole which is connecting the two mikvos. Some of them have a mikvah below it, like it's the, the, the Chabad one, where there's a, two holes that are that the mikvah the person tovels in below it is the rainwater mikvah, and it's connected at all times. Some people do both. They have on the side, they have on the bottom. They, they are different styles, and uh, for each community, they um, you know so there could be an advantage in this way or that way. But certainly, if a person has a certain uh, minhag or they come from a certain circle. They definitely want to make an effort. Again, if possible, they would like to find out what type of mikvah to see if it meets their standards. Doesn't mean that it can't that that, that, that the mikvah is no good if it doesn't meet their community uh, or, or where they come from that community standards. But it is something worth looking into, and we'll leave it at that. Now, um, just like we said, that even though a mikvah could be built kosher, but things can happen to it. So, I'll give you some examples of things that can happen to a mikvah, in very simple words. So, as I mentioned, the rainwater that, is, that goes into the, uh, the, the, the place where the water is constantly staying, where that's the, it's generally a cold, uh, you know, the water's there's cold and there's no need to heat it up and they don't heat it up and they don't filter it or any of that stuff, but it's connected to the, the immersion pool that people do immerse in. So, what happens when throughout a long period of time, the water, you know, there's just touching at all times, right? It's always touching it. So the one that people do immerse in, so that water is, it gets filtered and, it, it, you know, there's different methods of how filtering, that's another topic of its own. Uh, in any case, there, it, could, it could be the water is switched from time to time, that one, not the one where people immerse in, but, you know, with time, maybe the original water does start moving into the old water and then the city water that, came into the immersion pool, eventually mixes with it. So the question is, does that original water eventually go away? And thus, can we just continue using it without having to have new rainwater? So the Shulchan Aruch is in, in Siv Chaf Dalet, more or less says in Simon Reshalov that if you constantly had the water of the mikvah connected to it, even though you added Maim Shuvim, you added water, which was, you know, city water, which is not generally, is not good water for a mikvah. But even though it was Natansa, Natalsa, you put water in, you took water out, we always say that the, since there was that original kosher amount of mikvah water, 40 sa, it stays kosher. However, the Ravid is worried. The Ravid, the, the Ramam, and it's mentioned in the Shach, the Shach is in uh, Sivkat in uh, 63, Samach Gimel. And they bring the, that the rivet holds, no, that it's not after a certain point, if it gets uh, switched over and over and over, eventually we are afraid that the original kosher water is gone. And, it, and the shach himself says that since this is an argument between, you know, the Rishonim and the, the Shochanach is lenient, but other Rishonim are very stringent on this matter, he says it's not proper to keep your head in, in such an argument and you should always try to be stringent. So from time to time, 
we do want to switch the original rainwater. And that's something that in order to do that is a very complex matter. They have to empty out the whole mikvah. They have to ensure that it's completely dry. While they're doing it, they, they, they check for other things that they need to check for. But it, it, is, a, it is a matter which uh, it has to be perfectly done right. They have to do it in a way where they can get new amount, a large amount of rainwater. Like we said, the amounts of rainwater which need to be collected. So they have to do that in a special way. Many mikvos have actually what's called an otzer, which means like a reservoir, a special reservoir where it's not a vessel. And it can constantly throughout the year hold rainwater. And as soon as they want to switch the water, they empty out the other mikvos and they use it. So that's actually a very, very good thing. But even that is a very complex matter, obviously only done by true experts. And even the filling process needs to be done by true experts because it's not a simple matter. Things can... Um, you know, a non-expert should not have anything to do with it. Now, also I'll give some other scenarios of what problems can happen to a mikvah. For example, let's say on the roof where assumably the rain is coming from the roof on a flat area, there can't be vessels there, the water can't go into vessels or maybe into items that are, you know, sitting there, whether or not each, each item might play a little differently, but the standard custom is that we shouldn't have any question. The roof needs to be flat and clean from all materials. Well, what if there was, uh, generally they roof off, they make like a little wall separating between the collecting water area for the roof, where the water will go down, and, and between where they have the apparatus on top of the roof. So what, you know, what if there was a breakage or something needed to be fixed? So they call the electrician and he fixes the air conditioning, he puts some new installation or something. He could be putting stuff in a place that he's not supposed to be doing. And a simple little job like that could create a question, potentially a question on the mikvah. I'll give you another example. Um, Let's say that the, the, sometimes they have like a special, almost we'll call it a cork in between the mikvah and the, the side mikvah for when they need to switch the water, they usually will have that cork, not when there's an immersion, but that's another example of where certain materials, maybe if by mistake they needed to replace it with a different one, they might have put in a, a plug, which has a, could be a problem, could be a halachic problem because it was like a vessel, and the idea is that the water shouldn't come in contact with vessels, that could be an issue. Uh, one of the very big issues of mikvos and com- very complex matter is the potential of l- minor leaks. You know, after all, you have all that heavy water, you know, resting on the bed of a mikvah, you know, the, the walls of it. And, and you would imagine that with time there might develop cracks or leaks. So the halacha is, because when the Torah says it's a mikveh mine, which means it's a standing still, uh, the rainwater is standing still. So if there's a leak or the water is moving out, even though, you know, that, that, could in call, that could create that the water is called zochalim, which is running water, which is not kosher then. If it's a very small amount, so then you have, um, you have more lenient opinions. It's called zechila uh, she'ena nikeris, a, a, a amount of water which is just flowing, but is a very unnoticeable amount. That's discussed in the Shulchan Aruch in Sif Nun Aleph, where it says that it would be kosher if it's a very unnoticeable amount. What does it mean, an unnoticeable amount? That's also a very complex matter, different opinions. But the point is, is that even that, not everyone agrees with that. There's a famous gra, the beer gra, on the, on, argues with the Shulchan Aruch on that. So these, these are not matters that are to be taken lightly. And, and, and how do you measure if the water is evaporating or not? I'm sorry, not evaporating, but how do you know if there could be a leak? There's a special way how to, to measure it. It's, it's very complex.
how, how they do it. What sticks do they use? Do they keep it in the water a long time before they pull it out? How can they tell if the water was not evaporated or, or there was a real leak? These are, these are not simple things, and these are just some things that they need to be done from time to time. Generally, some mikvos are doing them once a year. Uh, sometimes they'll do it on uh, Tisha B'Av when they close the mikvos or something. They're checking the water to see that there are no cracks. Um, there are ways how to do it, and uh, it's, it's, a very, it's a very complex matter. And in, again, these are things what we're trying to show you is that you can't just say that the mikvah was built fine and now that's it. Now let it be run by whoever's running it. They, they, they have to have a system in place to ensure that everything is done, done according to the strict, level, letter, uh, the strict laws of the halacha. What happens if the water was placed too high? So every time someone immerses in it, some of the water starts flowing out. That's also a problem. So even if the mikvah was built greatly, but someone happened to put a little bit of extra water in that, that time, so whoever would use it, if the water's going to flow, that could be a big problem or a big question on, on, the, on, on whoever used it when it happened. Another example is where if the uh, filter was running, there's different types of filters, etc. Those are big questions and big potential problems. What if uh, the heater or the radiator that was in the mikvah depends on how it's built, but it, it, it needs to be replaced. So they bring in, someone comes in and he has to move a tile and replace. These could create big questions. It's not like everything has to be supervised by that, that there was no question, that there was no unauthorized work that wasn't done. And any little tiny job which could actually create a question on the, on the, the cautious of the mikvah. What about... Um, um, you know, again, filters, there are filters where the water left the mikvah and then comes back. There are ones where the filter stays in the place of the mikvah. Those are the more of the newer types of filters. Um, each thing is no, not so simple, and they need to be very much followed after by the, uh, the postcom expert in these laws. What about tree roots that are growing and damaging the mikvah? Some tree roots can go uh, to the sides. They can go below the ground 20 feet, and they can go to the sides even farther. So if you have, let's say, a tree, you know, potentially within 20, 25 feet, it, sometimes we've heard of cases where the roots grew and went into one of the borot, one of the otsers or um, the reservoir of the water that's holding it. It could create a hole in it, which could create a problem. So, so uh, there is actually, we'll finish off, there is a famous um, um, opinion of the Rush, Rabbeinu Usher, He's brought in, in the Laws of Mikvos, he writes, this is in um, Hilchus Mikvos Simen Aleph, see also in the Shulchan Aruch Siv, Siv Dalid over there. So he says that if one knows that the Mikvah was built for the purpose of attaining uh, Tahara, purity, and was managed and supervised by a Yid, a Jew, so he says you can immerse in that Mikvah for most people, as we, and I mentioned this before, most people are found and involved in Mikvos are experts. The question is, and that's really what I started off with, does that, all, does that really apply today? I, I have a mikvah, I know nothing about what's going on, I don't even know who's supervisor, but they, I, I can assume it's good, yeah? So the later postgames say that that rule, that most that are found or involved in mikvahs are experts, does not apply, does not apply nowadays. You know, first of all, the mikvahs today are much more complex, and there are a multitude of types of issues that can go wrong. In the olden days, maybe the mikvos were even easier, how they were more simple, more straightforward. Today, they, they have many systems and there are more issues that definitely can come up. And the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of people are not necessarily the people, sometimes, you know, we've heard of cases here and there, 
where the, the person who was involved in running it wasn't learned. They didn't know that, that it would be a big issue if something happened. They didn't pay attention. They had to go uh, fix something and they didn't know that, that that could create a question. So therefore, for these reasons, the uh, running of a mikvah, not just obviously the building needs to be built by extras. That goes without saying. But even the maintenance of the mikvah has to have certain guidelines and protocols to ensure that it meets the highest standards and that, of course, brings tahara to the world.